The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Coffee and Cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Yeah, rebounding and points of the paint have really been an Achilles heel in this losing streak for Creighton. Remember, this was a team that was ranked seventh, folks, before this four-game stretch. Now they're out of the top 25. That'll help get them back in. Shireman's hit two triples. It's a great set play. But Shireman may have switched his pivot foot. Whoa, put back hammer. Kaluma's now over 20 points. Saunders, good shot fake. Good pass. Good rejection by King. Numbers. Can they take advantage? King all alone. Tuesday morning on Coffee and Cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency, Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, and another loss for Creighton. And that's where we start. Great call by Brandon Gauden and Nick Ba, though. I really yeah. enjoy Brandon Gauden. Yeah, I've worked with him a couple of times. I just I recently had him on uh, the Big Ten Network for the Buffalo game last year. And it, the cool thing about BG is he's he's a good guy, right? Like, you can get a good vibe with people that are just good people. See, he's a good person, is, and and he's he's very good about sharing. You know, he, he's he's clutch. Does his voice correspond to how he looks? No, because he's a <laughs> li- he's a smaller, guy, right? Very slight, uh, but he's got a big boy voice. But man, I I I, I like watching those guys because they have a thing, right? Obviously, they they're starting to work together more, which is uh, you know you can get some chemistry try uh, going with kind of the whole mixing, but. Uh, Man, one of those games, and I, I heard Coach Max said something interesting, you know, last night about, like, basically letting it go, like, cutting it loose. It's hard to believe that uh, a team that's this talented, and this just lets you know it's not always about talent, mm-hmm. the whole let it fly thing and being confident, this is a couple of times down the stretch in basketball games now where they haven't looked like a confident team shooting, you know, one or two possession shots or potentially game-winning shots. They just have looked disjointed offensively, which is kind of atypical of, of, of Creighton, you'd think. Well, Frederick King had a great, it great was fantastic. Game. Inserted himself from the get-go, and he really took the spot that was missing against BYU. 
when I talked about it yesterday, I said Kalkbrenner's presence is key for this team. But nobody stepped up against the Cougars. In this game, Frederick King did a really good job. Now, there are parts of his game that are still underdeveloped, and I would say that's more mobility than anything else. He kind of got caught... Um, very hard with Washington and, and some of those guys. Yeah, I was thinking more from the, from the side of uh, you know, not being balanced on the floor. You know, he, he got caught behind on a couple of plays, which led to him getting into foul trouble in that basketball game. But for the most part, Frederick King had great vision on the floor. He did well scoring at the basket. I mean, when you put in 8 of 11, you can only be, you can only be happy with a stat like that. Now, there's some that, of course, the runners that didn't go, but, I mean, it didn't go for Nemhard for most of the game. I mean, he was one for nine from the field, um, and uh, Farabello didn't shoot the ball well off the bench either. So there are pieces that all of it has to go together yeah, for shoot. this Creighton team. Pri primarily shooting. King, got, King helped you out. Um, you wanted points in the paint and presence and with missing Kolkbrenner. It's like, look, man, at the end of the day, they got to shoot it better. And – I still think at the end of the day they got to shoot it better, right? You shot especially inside the three. Yeah, it, and they miss so many chippies uh, early. I I felt like mostly in the first half they shot it a little bit better in the second half. I think they finished eleven to twenty-seven from behind the arc. But the weird thing about uh, this team is I felt like early on they were a little skittish, kind of chasing ghosts a little bit. And ASU speeds you up, man. I mean. They get to double-digit wins. That's a good defensive basketball team because a lot of their guys look alike. They can switch a ton of ball screens. You try to run those little pin-down actions and things like that, and they, they switch a ton of things. And so I think it's hard. But I felt like for as good a defense as – and Arizona State's a top-five defensive team. Creighton got good looks plenty of good at, at the basket. So I was like, there's some give and take and there, And they right? sped up Arizona State – in the second half, yeah, to on a the, degree on that 16-0 run, put them on that 16-0 run, and it's and it's weird too because Arizona State, if you watch them, they shoot a lot of shots you'd want them to shoot. <laughs> they make a lot of those shots. Yeah, a lot of they they take and make a lot of contested shots. A lot of fades too. Yeah. Oh. I, I was noticing like one play off the inbounds, a corner three. That How about was a some fade. of the shots Cambridge hit? Well, You're like. You're not coaching that. No, you go off the dribble and you're, you're at the elbow, and now all of a sudden you're falling toward the wing and the ball's just splashing yeah, through. Yeah, and he, and he shot it well from behind the arc too. So that, that Desmond, I should say, not Devin, but although Devin was one of two. But I think with Cambridge and Horn and, Horn and those guys, tough shot takers, <laughs> tough shot makers. And for Creighton – you got out-rebounded, I think, what was it, 42-35. So they got out-rebounded by seven. But for them, I, I still think you only had eight turnovers and you had 16 assists. So you like the two-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio. And, again, of your 23 made baskets, 16 of them were off assists. But you don't move the ball well enough still. So it's – if it makes any sense to say 16 assisted baskets on 23, makes you thinking, oh, hey, we're sharing the ball. Those misses, they seem like they're not ISO misses, but they're misses without – they're misses with a lot of dribbling. So I, I'll be curious to see how they kind of – are they going to play through the post? Are you going to dump down 
are, like, are you going to play four out, one in? Like, how do you really want to play? How do you attack this going forward? How do you get easy baskets? Maybe you just have to make them because this is not a good shooting basketball team right now. Um, yeah, right now they yeah. are, but well, they just aren't. I right mean, now. are they though? I think so. Early on this season, we saw that. Uh, at and some, you only at, have at, about ele- what eleven games yeah, to so, assess. So, yeah, so I don't know if they are. Maybe they will be. Right now, they're not though. I think we can 100%. safely. I think we can safely say this is not a good shooting basketball team right now. When they connect on all cylinders, they're a great shooting team. But as are every team. Yeah, when you're playing good basketball, usually the ball's going in. So I, I think for Creighton. It's two things. This one isn't physical. I, I said this after maybe the second loss it, where I was – Texas maybe. Where I was kind of wondering about, like, you know, Kaluma shot selection and we were talking about um, being distracted and learning to kind of play. And then the very next game is kind of getting Shireman going. And he got it going a little bit last night. But, um, like, where – it doesn't look smooth. It looks – disjointed on offense because for whatever the reason they don't appear to be a confident offensive bunch I mean, Trey Alexander showed you flashes uh, last night especially from distance um, which is where he did the bulk of his work so you're thinking okay get get T.A. going but then explicably you got the struggles from Nimhart who um it that's that's an interesting kind of offense. You remember you and I flirted with the idea of maybe sometimes moving him off the ball and letting either Alexander or Sharman create to give him some different looks as opposed to dribbling and 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 having to run the offense that way. I, they've got some things to figure out in my opinion offensively. At after BYU. I really liked the idea of Nemhard running the offense. No doubt. As and most. I, and, I, mean, I, and I yeah. still do. I mean, he's a natural point, yeah. But I would even go one step further now and say I need to see more of Nemhard off the dribble because good things happen when he explodes past the defender. Mm-hmm. He's at the top of the key. Whether, he, whether he's dribbling or he has the ball on his hip, he makes a move. His first step is always faster than his defender. And more often times than not, he ends up with a mismatch. Yeah. He, he, has a, he has a big body on him, and he can beat him to the rack. Now, where it lacks sometimes is recovery defense gets there, and because of Nemhard's size, it doesn't always win for Creighton. Team scramble. But I will tell you this much, he did a really good job in this game facilitating. And I, th- I thought that is something that um, kind of gets overlooked a lot with, with his game, but he had nine assists. And, you know, you look at Nemhard and you're like, this is a guy that we need to see score more. But at the same time, you have so many other pieces where he can create more than he can score. When you look for a go-to player now, and I said this yesterday, I was doing a Blue Jay breakdown with, uh, with Anna, our, our good friend Anna Bellinghausen. Anna! And I said, What's Ryan, up, Anna? Is, Ryan, Anna? is Anna up right now? No. No shot. No shot. Wow. Okay. I think we should text her and see. Yeah, I, I bet she doesn't get up till like nine. Um, but uh, Ryan, let's, hit, let's hit her up. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to test it? Are you up? <laughs> She's going to be like, really, bro? Ryan Nemhard. I'm all over the place now. We went on the Annabelle. No, oh, I, I, said, I said for a go-to score. Yeah, yeah. I said when the game comes down to the wire, I want to see him get to the rack. Because I think, I think the best case scenario for Creighton is 
an offensive board and another point, or Nemhard puts it in, mm-hmm. rather than what we see at the end of games where Creighton is just chucking a three, and it's not a good look. Yeah. You, 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 well, go you, all the way back to what we talked about in Texas. At Texas, I was like, they're good up until the game got close. Then the shot select. Do you remember this? I do. Then the shot selection was, and they're really in a, you know where they're really in a bind? Because without question, their best on-the-ball defender is Sharif Mitchell, but he's not helping you out offensively. And he had another good look at it last night. People were questioning his minutes, and he deserves to be in the lineup because of his defensive ability. But, man, he's got to get downhill or get something But you can't have 50% of the game. No, it's, it's, uh, you know, and it's interesting for me just from knowing him so well I've, his dad is one of my best friends right he's coached both my kids still uh he's never really been a guy that's wavered with confidence but since the groin injury coming back in the time off he's just been sped up in his head kind of rushed i think a lot of creighton players have been the same but but here's the thing though so what i was gonna say and you may be in agreement with this what ails them is is mental. It's not physical. I 100%. just I think this is a team that, more. that ha- that doesn't ha- hasn't handled. How do you unhook the fridge? <laughs> yeah, they just haven't handled what comes with the expectations. And and I love so here's the thing that I love about Mac is he's got a couple of different styles, but all of it is really relational. He's been a lot more laid back and encouraging then I would expect him to be at this particular juncture. But I think it's because he has some new faces in some new places. So he's, he's back to patient teach, coach teach. Mm-hmm. Then he is, all right, hey, listen, fellas, like get your bunda in gear. Uh, because I, I'm kind of, again, big body language guy. You watch him on the sidelines, and he's almost kind of like just loving them through it, right? Hasn't been real demonstrative and, and kind of in their cheeks a little bit. He's just – He's positive. He's positive. So, and I just wonder where the leadership is going to come from on the floor as, okay, this is the guy. It's on him. And I don't know who that is yet. Yeah. You know, I tried to decide yesterday, but I don't know who that is yeah. just yet. I, I, I think people wanted it to be Baylor Shireman when he arrived – just haven't seen that just yet. A lot of people thought Nemhard was going to step up in that type of role this year. Haven't seen a lot of vocal leadership from him or really from anybody on this team. Nobody is saying or demanding the basketball when the time comes for it. Yeah. And at the end of the game, because it, it was a completely flip-flop look. You look at BYU, they don't call a timeout. Then you look against Arizona State. I, I did like what he said, though, timeout. about the timeout. Though. I do, too. The 12 seconds 100%. versus I was totally with digits. him. I was cool with Max. But in that first game against BYU, you got to get rid of Sharif Mitchell. you got to put in a shooter. Now, he did that in game two. And, and got caught. And got caught. So, you know, you look at drawing up a play, right? You have a time. You have, what, one minute, minute and a half to draw up a play. Yeah, it was a full. And that's what you come up with? Like, that's, that's, what, that's the product that you see yeah. on the floor? And I'll, I'll, you, you I'll, get the I'll, I'll just be- say this as a coach. It could not have been – maybe it wasn't executed. It, well, it, 100% <laughs> it wasn't executed well. But there was, a, there was just a huge traffic jam. Mm. But it wasn't even at the top of the key. Yeah. It was up closer to half court than it was the three-point line. Yeah. And so when you inbound the ball and you get it at the red line – 
and now all of a sudden you have eight seconds to try to create space when Arizona State, as you talked about, one of the best defensive teams yeah, in college basketball scramble. is on you yeah. because they know you're going to huck a three at this point because you're way out in front, and there's not a lot of movement on the floor to maybe set a screen, open things up, or, or get a pick and roll. It, it needs to be executed better, but I don't even know what the play was. Yeah. Like, you look at that inbounds no, play, I'm and you're like, you. what happened? That, that's legit. And, and what do you find folks think out there? Get at us, 888-638-4876. That's 888-638-4876. Got that to memory now. Uh, I'm getting better, right? I'm a numbers guy. I just had to commit it to – I just had to give it some effort, right? It's just – Commit it to You're walking effort. around the house at home. If I could give you B. John Robinson stats or McCall or somebody. Which I could, is wild. I could be able to. <laughs> well, would you like to know Russell Wilson's efficiency field goal percentage? <laughs> That's right. You don't do the NBA. Weird things stick out in my head. But fantastic show today, right? You did a good job. Well, you and Shane and I just, I'm on, I'm on the coattails. Uh, good show today, right? We're, we're, we'll talk a little K-State. We'll mm-hmm. preview Nebraska K-State basketball. Uh, this weekend, because the Big Ten has a little bit of a stretch off, we've got uh, we talk K State football with them winning a Big Twelve uh, championships. So we'll talk to Wyatt Thompson. Uh, we talked pugilists fight the fight game yesterday with Bud Crawford, Tefimo Lopez. Uh, what's next with Errol Spence? You can even get into UFC, where I know you like to make yeah, yourself that's a pretty. Me. That's a pre- me. A pretty. I have plenty of UFC <laughs> hey, questions listen, loaded up. He's in the a batty. He's a patty. A batty patty. Patty Batty fan. Patty Batty. Because well, I, I don't lo- even know if I'm a Patty Batty fan. I just like the nickname. I, I think you like the haircut. Yeah, well, <laughs> he looks like. Uh, I'm telling you, that's he the looks guy. He like that's somebody that was in a band over in England playing with yeah, Ed like, Sheeran like, at like, some like point. Like Beck or somebody, right? right? It's like, <laughs> like I'm a Beck. loser, baby. And then you go over there and you say something slick to him and all of a sudden you're he sleepy. You in the yeah, mouth. You wake up like four hours later and you're like, man, that dang No, haircut. I'm excited to talk to Ioli, though, because. If you watched the UFC over the weekend, I mean, there was some controversial judging toward the end, and even Ioli. Listen, they're starting to get a little bit. People have been suspended. Uh, Corners have been suspended. We'll ask Kevin, because even he had – his Twitter game, he was like, eh, well, and I, I watched know. him do a little stand-up video after afterward, yeah. and it was the unpopular opinion, Kevin Ioli. Yeah. It wasn't the hey, I agree with with the majority. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. was it was the Kevin we normally get of hey, I, you know, I'm taking this from my perspective and other media perspectives, and that did not go the way we uh, thought it was going to go. No sir, and uh, we'll talk Creighton with Joel Lorenzi, who is there. Got to come their, full circle. Their their beat writer. So we'll talk to him in the eight o'clock hour. So it's like. You're watching last night. By the way, congratulations to your Blues. Oh, thank you. I didn't wear the hat today because I only wear teams that either like big things come. Like I know they they snapped whatever streak they were they were on their with their losing stretch. Can I can I have a question though? Go ahead. So I get the Mississippi State thing. That was Mike Leach. Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen the Blues thing. (laughs) Okay, but why are we rocking the Oakland A's? Are you a is it a Billy B? Are you a money? Ball I am a money ball fan, but this is for Sean Murphy today. Sean Murphy got traded. Oh, okay. So you're up on it, obviously, because we're we're up early. Are you like scrolling the news feed <laughs> and seeing what gear can I wear <laughs> that goes? Because yesterday it was Mississippi State. Yep. That made sense. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if you were going to wear Texas today or what. We'll get <laughs> Could to, you imagine? We'll get to Chris I, Beard I, later. I don't even know if I have any Texas apparel. 
You know what I was? You know what I was mo- the most shocked about with Sean Murphy Day? That is of all the things I thought you were going <laughs> to say. It wasn't that. That's <laughs> not it. <laughs> Sean Murphy three-way really? trade. Really? Yeah. Really. So I was I was all in on Sean Murphy before I found out really what the A's ask, asking price was for him because the Cardinals obviously looking for a catcher ended up signing Contreras instead, but Sean Murphy was rumored to be somebody St. Louis was highly interested in. But I mean, you look at the haul that Oakland got and if you if you go back and go on Twitter because I'm not a pipeline guy, like I'm really not. I I try to be, I, but there's I, so many players. I am a pipeline guy because that was the name of our offensive line in the 90s. So I'm a huge, huge pipeline, pipeline guy. guy. Not an MLB pipeline guy. I'm I'll like yeah, I'll like, I'll entertain it. Correct. Like I'll go in and and see like oh, you know, who's this prospect, who's that prospect. But you look at the names on the list that Oakland got and none of them are recognizable, which means if Sean Murphy's asking price was as high as people were talking about you know these prospects are the real deal yeah yeah and they're expecting three out of the five at least to pan out so let me ask you something before we get it well we should have continued with the hot stove talk because i was all in a couple of days ago talking about potential shortstop trades moving gavin lux and two young arms having to get in the dodgers rotation and Boston Red Sox. Not wanting Carlos Correa. uh, Boston inexplicably paying Kenley Jansen eight mil, which for two years, no big deal. Did the whole Justin Verlander New York Mets thing last week like fly? It came at me like a jet. Under the radar? Nobody really talked about it. Are we paying attention to the Mets rotation right now? So they got rid of DeGrom. Yeah. And then they just I don't know if added, got rid of well, is the term. I don't like, know, maybe because I mean yeah, he, he played too much. <laughs> yeah. Well they they pulled a old school Dusty Baker Mark Pryor. Maybe they ran DeGrom into the ground with all the arm injuries the last couple of years and running him back out there, but I'm sure we'll get to baseball. But season how much Scherzer and Verlander reunited once and again? And it feels so good. Yeah. And then who's the third they just got? They just got somebody else. Well, all they were missing is like Matt Boyd or somebody bringing him over from the old school Tigers. Uh, it wasn't no, I, uh, Annabelle Sanchez, another Tiger. Oh, I'm not talking just Tigers Reunite. here. Oh. I, I'm listening. They I'm, added I'm, somebody else. Did I'm, they add the Japanese pitcher? Yeah, Yoshida. Is that who they got? Yeah. Uh, the no, B- Boston did. I thought, and I thought you guys were going to go get Yoshida. Yoshida. Yeah. Yoshida? All of them. Kind of I know. Names. Wait till we get to Nebraska's recruiting segment later on. We'll be like, "Hey, is it uh, Senzatella, <laughs> Cephaluina? Like, what are we talking about? Which IMG team did he have the seven interceptions <laughs> for? Was it the top team? Nah, we kid because we care. We do care. We do and care. Uh, you know, as as I look, good at morning, good morning, Shane. Good morning, Shane. <laughs> I thought it was Yoshi. Wasn't he from Mario? <laughs> Yoshi. Oh, stop. See. Hey, it's not easy being green. See, good morning. The 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 minute we let him get involved, he he is it the baby? <laughs> is, is he not the? He was the baby dinosaur, right? Yoshi? Yeah, he's the one yeah. that popped up out of the egg. Speaking of eggs, our poll question of today. Oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> How do you like your eggs? Oh, this is good because Creighton laid an egg. So fitting. I this is good. a little harsh, but fitting. I boy, oh, this is. Scrambled. I can't wait to hear these. Okay. Over easy. Okay. Hard boiled or uh, hatched. Man, that's tough. 
It really is. Do you know the reference of uh, Hatched? Hatched? No. There was a kid at a restaurant. I don't know. This could be fake. But he like the waitress said, how do you like your eggs? And he goes, uh, and he looked at his dad and goes, Hatched. Send that to me. <laughs> I See if I laugh out loud. I'll let you know if it's real or I not. I thought it was funny. <laughs> All right, what do, you, what do you think, though? What do you, where do you I, think I'm we're going I'm struggling because I like them all. I'm the king of the hard-boiled eggs and salad. I'll tell you a funny story about when I was at Paisons and Verzal made me like a cob salad. And I said, do you have eggs? And he goes, I don't have an oven. I was like, can you put them in a pizza oven? <laughs> There's a lot to that story, man. <laughs> we'll talk recruiting trail and maybe a little bit more of that story next. We are back. Coffee and cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio. Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers. DB, you using your your computer cam uh, on the YouTube? I don't know. I think so. You look like you... Uh, How's that? There you are. How's Is that good? I, I didn't know if people knew you had a body or not. We saw a neck up. Uh, didn't realize it was just Halloween. Floating head. Oh, you know what? It's not, uh, it's it's not, not an option. Hey, Shane. Can I kick my? He gets so mad. Can I? Can I kick myself out of the stream and come back and use the regular cam? I don't know. <laughs> I love how he talks and drops to you, but when he has something to say about a a cartoon like Mario, he he comes right on through. Shane, is that okay? I'll no, be. No, 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 no. Oh, he's killing me now because he's using my own stuff. <laughs> how do you just have this stuff on deck? Like that's, that's unbelievable. <laughs> Stop. Come on, man. <laughs> well, you know what I always say, don't you? No. Now, if you tell Sipple to put that in. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, you can kick yourself out. Thank you. I'm going to come back in and use a different camera. Glad Sasha isn't here because she sure would be. Oh, there. you bounced. You she, actually she, did bounce. She sure would be reprimanding. I'm going to come back, and I want to use my other camera. The people just want to see me. Uh, well, much better looking. Hey, speaking of, you know, better looking. Because, oh, Lord. You know, I, I like to. What do we got? I like it's to not bra- giving me the option. Things. <laughs> would you help me? No, I'm <laughs> kidding. Go ahead, go <laughs> Maybe ahead. during the break. Yeah, go ahead. No, so we're like, we're like when, having a show. When I was, you know how I made funny yesterday for Beautiful Day? Yeah. Sent Beautiful Day? Yeah. Um, and I was looking at the thread for it, and everybody was kind of saying neither. It could go either way, or I guess it's just a neutral scent. Yeah. Even though the image, the printed image, plus online, when you look at the scents, like of what it's supposed to smell like, would fall in the female category. Um, you got away with, you know, being okay, rocking beautiful day. But then it got me thinking. I haven't used it yet, though. He literally just told me about this on our last road trip. But you will end up using it at some I point. I hope so. So, do you want my it, address so you got, can send me Christmas the, gifts? I, I know where you live. Fudge. Um, if, if there's TP on your too. trees tomorrow, it wasn't me. So uh, I only have like a big pine. I don't have any leaf oh, bearing trees. Oh, that's even trees. worse, though. Is I it? I mean, like it's poking through. That just seems like a recipe for disaster. <laughs> Typically it is. <laughs> so I, I thought about it, though, and I'm like, man, I gave DB a hard time, which I don't care about because like, I'm all about giving DB a hard time. <laughs> As are most people. But what I wanted to add to is this because I'm like, oh, DB can probably get me on this. What's that? I 
got my eyebrows threaded at the yeah, mall on yeah, Saturday. I, I, so, But that right there, I got to tell you, if, if anybody out there gets their eyebrows threaded, uh, because I got these big bushy caterpillars underneath my bill here, it, it is a, I mean, what the, is that the even? ladies dig the eyebrows. Okay, so mine are a mess. And, and one doesn't grow all the way because I've had stitches there. Uh, it may or may not have been socked. Which is different than the one that Dumas gave me. Um, how does that feel? It, oh, it hurts. It hurts. I, I used to do it when I was in TV because they wanted you to look uh, you know, a certain type of way. Yeah. So I would get them done for that. But it's because they paid for them. Uh, but in this case... I got them done because they you're, were just kind of all over the you're, place. You're but, dude, they're shaped so well. Mine are. No joke. 15 minutes after I got them done, I went to family fair for some food, and the girl working the counter goes, you know, I got to tell you something, like, that's weird. And I'm like, go ahead. She's like, your eyebrows are, like, perfect. Oh, Lord. Flawless. I'm like, the ladies dig it. The <laughs> ladies dig it. <laughs> so DB can't get after hey, me. By the ladies th- dig it. By the way, I saw yesterday day before yesterday at family fair they have the mcdonald's looking hash browns fresh ready vacuum sealed with the plastic wrap so if you're looking for decent hash browns those i can't mess up like the pizza dough i messed up i still think that's the most extraordinary story i've ever heard and i wish what i want so i put myself out there right because this even when people call me out like i'm willing to have the conversation right uh, like I'm, I'm, I'm having this conversation with this guy asking me about Westside. Um, you have got to tweet out the picture of the finished product of the pizza because, and I know pizza's not I'll my do thing. it now. Pizza's not my thing, but I told you, you because did. we live so close to Rotella's. They're great family friends. I said, hey, you know, you could get Rotella's dough. And I was stoked. It's two bucks. It's already done. It's ready to go. It's amazing. This it's absolutely amazing. And I'm not even a, I was going to say a dough boy, but that was a Boys in the Hood reference. I'm not even a dough guy, but it's fantastic. So I told you, I said, we, one bowl of dough, got three pizzas, and probably six chicken bakes. Okay? Three pizzas. And probably five or six chicken bakes. I felt like I had you kind of caught up to speed. You used you covered all your bases. One ball of dough for one pizza, <laughs> and you had the audacity to tell me yesterday, the day before. What I tell you? I can't believe I screwed up the dough. <laughs> Like, how did you not pay attention? So, and look, I, I, I pride myself on being not a being a good cook. listener. <laughs> yeah, or not being a good listener <laughs> on, on being a good cook. And like, I can make really anything. But when I start experimenting with something I haven't done before, like I, I am really like I have to learn by fit by my failures. And I think a lot of people do. Uh, yeah. But in but in this case, I completely missed the mark because I didn't let the dough settle. And I, I did I put, you do the flour and the I roll? did, uh-huh. But so, I didn't have a rolling pin. Dude, so did you, did I you started tweet using the picture out. I'm about to. Uh, 
and I'm not inviting people to make fun of you. I just want to know, like, at what point were you eating that pizza and you're like, oh, God, it'd be nice to have some toppings. I feel like I'm eating a lot of bread. Like, I, that's what I said. I, told, I pulled it out of the oven and I go, Ashley, we're having cheesy breadsticks tonight. <laughs> like, what is that? Um, that's like deep. That's like unintended deep dish that's not even deep dish. All right, I just tweeted it out. Yeah, like, like what are you doing? I, I wasn't thinking, Damon. Were you in a hurry? No. It's foolproof. Like, once the dough is done, like, I watch, hey, Ver, I watch Verzal and these guys. Like, it's a blunder. So, full disclosure, no, at some point we'll get back to sports. <laughs> you know, we were talking about, like, him working and staffing. and Because I saw a sign at a fast food place that on the drive-thru said, now hiring 14 and 15-year-olds, applicants, da-da-da-da-da. And they put it right on the drive-thru. And I was like, fudge, you know, and I was talking to Verz because I was just hiding out over there and... He's like, I was like, man, I could do that. Like, once I figure out how to, like, I think I said toss dough or I don't know what he says, spin pies or something. Because he's that guy that can, like, like throw them up in the air and do all sorts of things. But I dough, tried to do that, by the but way. But the dough is already done. And I was like, if I could get past that. And he's like, hey, you know what? It'd take you about, I think he said a month. And to learn, like, the efficiency of the line. He's like, then you'll be good. Like, we just can't keep people in. And I, and I think the dough is the hardest part. So I say all that to say, you had the dough done, and you still screwed it up. Like, that makes next to no sense. That's like getting good bacon, mm-hmm. and you screw up the BLT. You know where I, you know where I messed up? <laughs> Thinking. <laughs> Correct. 100% there. I messed up because I didn't think about the dough rising in the oven. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I laid it out on on paper, I don't even know what that is. Like, what is? I gotta retweet this. I, <laughs> like, I don't even. Do you like? So it, it, this looked like. Have you ever seen Kitchen Nightmares with Gordon Ramsay? Dude, that is just. Have you ever seen? That is bad. Have you ever seen Kitchen Nightmares with Gordon Ramsay? No, but Micah loves that. By so, the way, and, by the way, he said he's, com- he's coming on the show. Is he? Oh yeah, good dude. He's. I'll talk to him about anything. I'm careful now. <laughs> that little dude is nuts. <laughs> but, okay, so there was an episode I, where they were in, oh, gosh, Denver's Best Pizza, I think. Dude, this is like. <laughs> and they, they, called it, they called it the thin crust. Yeah, this, this is what it was. This is what dude called the thin crust, and that's what that pizza reminded me of. <laughs> this, this might be the funniest thing ever. How do you screw this up? Hit me again while I'm down. Just <laughs> but the beautiful thing, the beautiful thing. Thank about goodness that, we're going to break. Dude, two bucks though. I and that's why I was able to not really beat myself up too bad because I can go back and get another one for two bucks. I don't know why you wouldn't shop there. I go for all my bread. It, it, we're actually it, making sandwiches it, for the food pantry tonight. This, what are the? Oh, good on you. Yeah. We're going to RCIN making sandwiches. And we're doing Christmas carols for Westside Football. We're going to the... Dude, I love this. Hey, is it not cheap, though? It is. It's super cheap. Do Rotellas. <laughs> Go to Rotellas. Hey, coming up next, we are talking to Wyatt Thompson. That's next. Sends a man in motion. Here's the handoff to Deuce, and he angles to the left and has an opening. He's at the 40. He's at the 30. He's at the 25 to the 20. He is at the 10. He will house it. Touchdown. Touchdown, Kansas State. The Deuce is loose in the title game. Wildcats score with 
27 to go in the game. Good snap and placement. Kick on the way. It is up. And good! It's good! The Wildcats are champions of the Big 12 in 2022. They stun 12-0 TCU and win it in overtime 31-28. We are back. Coffee and Cream of the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, and on the line right now is Wyatt Thompson, the voice of the K-State Wildcats, and you just heard him on the call. Wyatt, thanks so much for joining us. We hope you're having a great day. How are you? Well, I am having a great day. I appreciate being on with you guys. Thanks for the opportunity. Looking forward to talk to you about uh, some K-State stuff here this morning. Yeah, good morning. Hey, DB and I sat back yesterday, as we do at least once or twice or maybe <laughs> 20 times a day, and uh, thought about the losses K-State had this year and still couldn't believe this team was a three-loss team. Now, Adrian Martinez has been a big reason for that, even when he hasn't been on the football field. Uh, what can you say about his impact on the program and especially on Will Howard? And do you think K-State would be in the position they're in today to play for the Sugar Bowl if it weren't for bringing a guy like him in? I don't think there's any question that he was one of the difference-making guys. He really was the story, honestly, going all the way back to spring ball. Uh, where he really didn't do much participation because he was, you know, coming back from surgery. But he fit in here so well so quickly. Um, obviously, he was voted a captain. I, I think everybody recognized that he was a good man. Uh, he was going to do things the right way and be accountable. And when you do that, I think you can gain some traction pretty quickly. I think he fit into what this team was right away because – he wasn't the only senior leader that they counted on this year. This has been a veteran football team for sure. But, yeah, I, I think the, his help along with Colin Klein with, with bringing Will Howard along ended up being a very big and special part of this season, guys. And, and again, I, I've said it before, you couldn't ask for much more than what Adrian gave K-State um, uh, aside from maybe being healthy there, um, he was he was awesome. So, well, let me ask you something because let me go big picture, uh, macro versus micro. Because I played against and during the Bill Snyder era at Nebraska, and that was this stretch where it was like this unbelievable turnaround for Kansas State football. I coach at the high school level, so I've sent players to North Dakota State when Coach Kleiman was there, and they are now actively recruiting. My kiddo, so I get a feel for Connor Riley and those guys who I've known for half my life. Mm -hmm. And I understand what they're about as people. Is it too early to compare, contrast, to come alongside and talk about what Coach Kleiman and this staff is doing in Manhattan versus the prowess and the reverence that folks have for, for the legend? that started this old thing in Bill Snyder? You know what? I, I do a lot of interviews. It's the first time I've been asked a question quite like that. Mm. And I think it's very, and, and I appreciate the question a lot, honestly, because at the end of the day, I am so impressed with Coach Kleiman He's and unbelievable. and what they've done in the short time here. I love the fact that he came in and embraced what Snyder had done and yet had so much confidence in himself and his ways and the way he wanted to do this and the people he surrounded himself with. 
and the way he's just grinded through this, if you really study it fairly closely, I think it would be fair to say every recruiting class from the beginning till now, including this next class, <clears throat> a little bit better than the one previous. Mm. And he's, he's also helped K-State a lot in the transfer portal with young people that he has known uh, and or had connections with. He, he had, I think where he kind of moved over to the right of center, if you will, was last December, a year ago, after a loss to Texas and prior to the bowl game against LSU, when he had to fire his offensive coordinator, Courtney Messingham, which had to be, uh, keep in mind now, these guys have been friends since they were seven or eight years old. That had to be the hardest thing he's ever done in his life. But I think he felt like it was something that would make the program better. He elevated Colin Klein, and the rest is history. They beat LSU in that bowl game. Uh, they've done what they've done this year and continue to basically move forward in, in recruiting and, and interest in the program. So, you know, comparing anybody to Bill Snyder is really hard. Mm. Uh, and, and I'm just being honest about that mm-hmm. because what he did here is remarkable and, and probably – I don't think I'm overstating this at all. I, I think it's one of the three or four best jobs in the history of coaching in this in this country in, in the, at the college football level. But Chris Kleiman belongs too. He's pretty darn good. So when you when you talk about the kind of what he's about and and just kind of knowing him, the, his due diligence and his commitment to doing it a certain kind of way. How did mm-hmm. that play over like real time? With the fan base, did they did they understand? It's easy to look back now and say, "Hey, we right. got our guy." But what was it like, real time, as you're kind of going through it? Well, it's a good question too, because like everybody, you have your ups and downs, right? I mean, there were were times when I remember early, <laughs> you, you lose, <clears throat> pardon me, you lose a a, a home game to kind of one of those mid-major types, and then you go to Oklahoma and win. Mm-hmm. This year, we lose at home to Tulane and go to Oklahoma and win. So there have been, you know, a few bumps in the road, but I think what people have, have recognized as we've gone forward here is that if you, and you can't do this, but if you take the COVID year out, uh, and we were hit pretty hard here. Uh, I think he's been hugely consistent in how he goes about it. This league is hard. Everybody knows it. And yet uh, they have competed. I mean, even this team. We, we had six players on the preseason All-Big 12 team. That was more than anybody. And we're still picked six by the coaches. <laughs> I mean, think about that a, a yeah, second. Yeah. And, and some of those guys were difference-making kind of guys, whether it's Felix Anudike Uzama or Deuce Vaughn or whoever it might be. Uh, they've just steadily gotten better, frankly. We're speaking with Cat Voice Wyatt on, twi- on Twitter. That's Wyatt Thompson. He is the voice of K-State. And Wyatt Nebraska and K-State will be meeting this coming weekend in the basketball mm-hmm. arena. And Nebraska's defense has been a focal point to this team's success so far this year. How is K-State preparing to face off against a Huskers group like this that has really played some really good basketball as of late? Well, K-State's 9-1, and one, as you probably know, and I think they've played pretty good basketball uh, to start. And they've kind of hung their hat on defense, too. 
So I don't know that they'll be in shock when they beat Nebraska, but I'm with you. I think it is a, a much better team than 6-5 and five and 0-2 and would indicate. I think they are talented. If you catch them on a day where they're shooting the ball pretty well, you might be in trouble. <laughs> I, I, I had a chance to watch a, a good portion of the Purdue game. I thought they really competed. Uh, they've got different and, and probably um, – I would say more veteran kind of pieces now with with uh, you know Gary the kid from Alabama and mm-hmm. and the Vandermel kid from SMU uh, and and the Greasel of course so I think they're a little more veteran that helps them and they do guard there's no doubt about that I think if K State has you know an issue at this particular point they also go through stretches where they don't necessarily play great offense or that now they have been a little bit better lately against weaker competition. But they struggled at Butler. Butler got after him early. So I'm anxious to get to Kansas City and, and see what this one brings because I'm, I'm very much expecting, you know, a tight, tense game against this group. Wyatt, I know everybody sings uh, your athletic director's praises, and, and, and Gene does a fantastic job. And I yeah. hear Coach Kleiman reference him all the time. What did he see in Coach Tang, do you think, in this first year where you're, you're kind of looking around about where this program should be in Weber? It's, it's like he's – he won enough to, to, to keep the natives kind of, for lack of a better term, okay. But mm-hmm. then it was like, ah, what's next? Where it just wasn't quite good enough. What do you think Taylor's casting for a vision with Coach Tang? Well, I think it would be fair to say that Coach Tang was probably far ahead of more than ready to be a head coach. Mm. He spent 19 years at Baylor. They had huge success there. Um, from where they started uh, to where they are now, it's it's really a pretty astronomical difference. They've even changed structurally as they've moved on, too. If you remember back in the earlier days when they started having success, they had a lot of guys that could shoot the heck out of it, and they would sit there in a zone, and not now. <laughs> they get after you and play really good defense now, and, and I think that's what – I think what intrigued the K-State people about Coach Tang because of his ability to recruit, his ability to to survive and move through change, mm. and just the consistency in which they won. And, and when you meet Coach Tang, I, I think it's very quick to recognize that this is a very unique guy. He, he's a very uh, Christian-based man who believes – I'll almost be repetitive here on what I said about climbing. He believes in who he is and what he stands for and what he does. And uh, we haven't seen many hiccups yet. Now, again, we haven't we haven't played um, in the league yet, and we all know how Big 12 basketball is. But uh, I, he's recruited well. Uh, I'll remind your fans that when he got here, there were only two returners from a year ago. So, in essence, you've got 13 new faces. And... They've just continued to grind and get better. And it, it starts with like what Nebraska is with the defense. And they, they guard, there's no doubt. And, that, and they're lengthy and more athletic than they've been in a while. So that gives them a chance. Wyatt Thompson, we Fantastic. appreciate your Thank time you, today. Thanks so much. And we hope to talk again soon. You got it, guys. Good talking to you. Thank you. Hey, coming up next, we have more commits to talk about under the Matt Rule umbrella. That's next on Coffee and Cream here on Hale Varsity Radio. and cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. 
Well, I'm getting hammered on social media, courtesy of <laughs> DB, Andrew Rogers here. It's Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. Pizza-making ability, not there. Sports talk, there. The funny thing, though, is like you were just defiant. Like I told you exactly what to do. And I think you but got don't the, act like I'm like a the, rebel. Like I'm, I'm going against you got your, the, no, your will. Now listen, wishes. I'm not coaching those insecurities. That's on you. If you the, feel I, like you're a rebel, if you feel like you're a rebel, I'm not owning that. That's on you. All I said was, yeah, I'm going to be like Shannon Sharp in this instance and you, really sit back were, and just take it in. Can I just say something about that real quick? You know what made me mad about retweeting that? Everybody, everybody thought you watched the show. <laughs> and, well, that number one. <laughs> But I don't care if you don't like the people. Like, wh- like, no, why do you it, feel that's it, important to tell me? It was the snippet of dialogue it, that you were addressing. That's it. <laughs> right, like, there was one comment. That I, I laughed out loud, and Ashley can attest to it, because I just started dying at home because you just only wrote cool at the, at the back end of somebody's dude, uh, you, statement towards you. And I'm like, I lost it. It's in, this, in my it's apartment. that, it's this, it's that, skip shit. I'm like... Listen, you, you guys are missing the point. But I understand it's Twitter, and so the immediacy to tell me how you feel, even though it's not, doesn't have anything to do with what I'm talking about. I simply was talking about a real situation evolving on air, which I've had, because somebody takes something and, and makes it personal, and you feel like you're in a better relationship with them than that. That was the gist of what I was saying. Shannon was hurt. Whether you like Shannon Sharp, it's, it's overly produced or it's, it's made for TV because he felt like Skip should have had his back. Skip didn't have yeah, his Skip back. Skip came out guns a-blazing. Yeah, and Skip doubled down. And I, listen, I'm not, a, I'm not a Bayless guy. But again, see, none of that is really what I'm talking about. He went all in on a guy that is notorious for for getting emotional about getting his family out of that one-room house. You saw the house in which Shannon Sharp Mm -hmm. lived in before he went to Savannah State, right? And what it meant to play sports to him, because that's all he's had. Because he said, I wasn't very smart. He's told this story a thousand times, and Skip poo-pooed it. And I was just like... That's all. This like this is real. And uh oh, do we have breaking news? Breaking news. Um, unfortunately, Mississippi State uh, lost a member of their family. Coach Mike Leach has mm. passed away. Mm. 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 Such an icon for the sport. Uh, I mean, he was a fan favorite of a lot of people. Um, and I don't know if anybody saw the reports that came out yesterday regarding. Uh, the heart attack that he had, and then uh, was was it like seizures and yeah. started to follow? And uh, I mean, wow! How about he was just doing an interview last week with the little raspy cough because he was a little mm-hmm. under the weather. I mean, it's just the kind of person he was. I mean, Mike Leach was constantly—he was a man of the people. Mm-hmm. Um, never turned down an interview. He, he I, I don't know, man, that is uh, yeah. Our, my, I don't, I don't even want to say my. Our hearts go out to his yeah. family the Mississippi State community, and, and all those that are affected by this. But, man, that, that, that's a stinger. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's a tough one. Kind of makes what we were talking about a little, little obsolete. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can we go to the phone? Yeah, uh, we have Michigan call. Lance on line one, and uh, as we kind of bounce around the 8 o'clock hour to kick things off, you're talking Jays basketball, right, Lance? 
Yeah, a little Jays basketball, a little, little college football coaching carousels going on. How are you guys doing this morning? I'm, I'm Good, sure, how are you? I'm, I'm sure you'll dabble in high school as well. A little bit. Hey, man. Uh, oh, Creighton basketball. DB, you kind of talked about it, uh, I think, like last week or something, but about the type of players that Coach um, McDermott's coaching, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, know, use, I, I use the Brady Hoke reference. Oh, you know, okay. Brady Hoke spent a long time not coaching four- and five-star guys, and he didn't enjoy doing it. And I wasn't saying that Coach Mack didn't enjoy doing it. It's just different when you coach guys that have other aspirations other than just playing college basketball. Right. Or or other skills – or a certain level of skill set mm-hmm. that you don't have to teach, that you normally coach. Yeah. And so – Along with that, what I was going to say is expectations. You know, Creighton has never really come in with the expectations they had this year. Everybody's known them to be a good team and, you know what I mean, a, a, a good program. But now they're coming, they came in with expectations and how can you deal with that? How do you coach that? How do the play, players react to that? So they're, they're in a new space and a new uh, uh, era of, of where they're going, especially – with the Big East, like, I knew going into the Big East, like, when are they going to get to this point where expectations are going to be there to do what you're supposed to do and be great, you know, more often than not. Not just be good, but be great more often than not. Mm. But the thing about college basketball that helps them, you know, is like college basketball really isn't – nobody's that great of a team. It's a crazy season, isn't it? Like, who's good? Yeah. But but if you look at the last couple years, men's college basketball really hasn't been that good. Like it just you know, a lot of these teams and players. It's like man, like do you guys work on your skills in the off season? It's a lot of just I don't know. I guess more of the players are going to the G League and straight to the league at the one year. I don't know, man. It's it, it doesn't look it doesn't look the same. But the '90s and the early 2000s and the '80s, like man. It's some bad basketball play. Well, you just just make sure you tune in to Midland and Omaha today at noon, and you'll see some good basketball. Because I'm for the hometown team. I'm t- I'm teasing. Oh well, man. yeah, most definitely at, at noon. Yeah, they yeah it's uh it's kids get out of school day or something like that. Like bring the kids to school. Is that is that really what it is? Like the <laughs> no, that that that's really? what I yeah like why not like. Hey, that's awesome. Oh, making your kids out? And Midland does a really good job recruiting. And you know Coach Crutch and Coach Crandall and those guys, are they're about it. Three and eight, they get, they hey, get I, one at the home. Let's let's go. Hey, I, hey, I love it, man. Hey, how about – you? I don't know. Do you talk about Deion Sanders oh, yeah, getting we, a head coach? Yeah, we talked about Deion quite a bit. And Deion – The dude De- got a head coach, like – to be an assistant, <laughs> you know how hard that is to do. Uh, yes, I yes, <laughs> yes. Like, Remember well, the convers well, the conversation that I had with Larry Martin to take that job at North. I get it. Yes, it's it's not easy. Man, yeah, right. Well, but yeah, man, that's that's wild, man. That's, like this dude got a head coach to come over. Like that's that's wild. And how, so, how about how he the told the free he, world nobody in recruiting is safe. Right, hey, oh, and, you, and then he fl- he flips that. Dylan Edwards, who Nebraska wanted all the way till the end before he went to Notre Dame, yeah. 
And Dion's like, nah. He flipped Dylan Edwards in I, the blink of an eye. Well, because he's known him for so long, too. Like, he used to coach him in youth in the seven-on-seven seven when he was in Dallas. See, people forget that. Dion has a lot of connect. Look, man. Listen, what, he, what, he, what offered, he offered Proctor. He offered Proctor, who was Iowa's top recruit, within yep. like 10 minutes of getting that job. And Proctor tweets it out. And Proctor was there on the same weekend that we were visiting. And I'm like, how do they even make offensive linemen that look like this in high school? He looked like Worfs. He looked like Worfs already. I mean, he's the <laughs> he's the real deal. The guy gets a job in ten minutes. He's offering, <laughs> and, and a guy tweets it out. It's like, hey, Dion's yeah, no Matt Rule though. Hey, I'm in, in rule. I trust though. In rule, I trust. But hold on a second now. Dion De- got cars out there recruiting weekends. I'm like, this dude got eighty hundred thousand dollar cars on recruiting weekends out there. Like, hey, man. Like, the NIL and Deion Sanders are going to be really good together. So, and, you know, he got um, the, the, Kelly, the co-DC from Bama, mm-hmm. who has had some up-and-down yeah. stints, but he has gone to the Nick Saban School of Coaching Rehab, which some coaches seem to go to, and, it's, and it works. He's got a head coach that's in OC. Do you like this staff so far? Yeah. I, I, I would say yes, because I trust him. Not that I really like, oh, that guy is great, or this guy or that. Like, I trust what Deion Sanders is putting together. Mm. I, I I mean, there's just certain people that know how to do things. Like, he doesn't have to – he's hiring people that are great at what they do where he doesn't have to do it, mm. where he can go be fine because that's what the world wants, that's what the kids want. So he can focus on that. Now, he's going to do the coaching part, too. He's going to make sure his coaches are well-prepared, they do their job, and they're on point. But then he can go do the other things to, to bring people into Colorado. Colorado, people have been talking about Colorado for two weeks straight. Nobody has talked for Colorado in since 95. Like, that's crazy. And so, and when you go to a Matt Rule, and – People, everybody kept telling me about fit at Nebraska. Well, we don't know if Dion fits and this person fits. Like I'm looking like Matt Rule is from the Big Twelve. That's where and, and the AAC. Like that's not a Midwestern fit or root. And then he brings in a guy, which I'm not shocked about from Syracuse that runs a three-three-five. Now I don't care about the three-down linemen. Like that doesn't matter to me. Now what matters to me is the sticks in the box. In a in a in a three the three three part to where in the Big Ten it's not the back Pac twelve or the Big Twelve. Yeah, and I'm but, like, okay, but 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 Lance, you 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 know you know this, and I'm an odd front guy. You can get to eight in the box any way you want to. No, and, most but DB, I'm with you. But those, but are you going to be able to get those players? At that, whatever you call that, it. That's what it is. That's, that's what, that's what right. it is about, about the body type, right? It's like, right. okay, are you – but 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 I'll say this. Go like, ahead. all of a sudden – and I'll just use him for his exa- an example because he's mine. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. like, Caleb will look at that spot like a nickel will, and he says yeah. – and he's like, oh, man. Interesting. That, that, right. Yeah, I like – you know what I mean? So it just depends. Oh, I'm with you. There are a lot of those tweener types. No, but, but, D.B., I'm with you. But let me tell you this, though. 
do, uh, do those guys like coming downhill against Wisconsin? If that's State? what Wisconsin does. If that's what Wisconsin right, does. Right. Or, well, but, but we do know that's what Penn State, Michigan, uh, Ohio kind of, we don't know what they're kind of. They're kind of spread, organic, po- power, they're, they're Michigan, Illinois. Power like, spread, power spread, power we, spread. I mean, right. Week you, in and week out, you know what I'm saying? Like, but here's the deal, here's the deal though. In the Big 12. Here, here's the deal, though, Lance. These teams are, uh-huh. if it's Illinois, uh, with the exception of Minnesota, and their RPO game is even good. Most of these yeah. teams run power and counter and QB lead out of spread. So you, yep. have, you have to be able to line up in it and be able to handle RPO and perimeter quick game and then still be able to stop the run. So it's not so much about whether it's a 4-3 or a 3-3. It's the body types in committing to it because these teams run outside of Wisconsin, they all run the ball out of spread formations. Right, but but they yeah, but it, but who's committed to that? Like you said, it's still a power run game at the end of the day. And man, in, in Minnesota, Illinois, Michigan, Penn State, hey man, they got some big bodies. Do you want to be coming up? Bank? I'm just the handful that do. Man, it's tough week in and week out. It, and ju- so it just it we'll just see. seems like the best outside guys play in Madison, and they play an odd front. Right. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But 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 you know me. The offer, the, the three down lineman doesn't matter to me. Like you said, because you can get that. It, it, it's the next level that I'm worried about. Like you said, with those tweener types, and, and and we'll see, man, in the Big Ten and, and how it goes. But the Big Ten is still a little bit more smash mouth than the Big Twelve and Pac twelve. No, I agree. I'm with you. But uh, UCLA, U- UCLA, and USC are coming. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin That's has true. a new OC from North Carolina. Illinois is gap scheme and RPO. Uh, who knows what happens with Iowa and, and and Minnesota? I mean, man, you know, you know, Iowa isn't gonna. Still I don't, I don't, I don't, that, I, don't I don't know, I don't know. It got you, dicey for you, Coach Ferentz this year. I, I, I don't know, man. That fan base isn't as passive as we think, man. They want to win. But DB, they were still one win away from the. Uh, no, I understand. I understand. They to hang on. They're going to lean on that to say we don't have to change that much. Why would we change? We're one win away. Like I'm with you, DB. I got to. I got to see it before I believe I was changing some things. All right, my guy, be good. You've been telling me for years about that fan base. But <laughs> I, still have I have seen. because I don't know. I, 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 I just. I, I feel like I know him a little bit now. I'll tell you what, though. I mean, in regards to your last point there, I, and and Lance's too. When he said, you know, they were still one one away, which I totally get. Why change? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But if you do change it, maybe you're in a more comfortable position um, as, you know, the Big Ten evolves. Who knows, though? Hey, real quick, did you want to say something about uh, the high school teams? He's he's oh, is he gone? He's okay. Gone. All yeah. right. Well, bye, Lance. <laughs> see ya. See ya. Um, no, let's continue the conversation though because he took it down a good path when he was talking about Dion and then the recruiting Coach he's Rule. done. Yeah. Let's go to Coach Rule and the coaching staff and talk about how they haven't skipped a beat. Yeah, it's like I, I mean, so this is what I'm about. You're gonna hear this all. Like this is gonna be a theme with me. I don't care so much about. Who's and or who isn't recruiting a guy? I care about fit. 
right? Is that somebody that I could see when they say, hey, I'm recruiting that guy, that I could see that they go in that system? Because if that's the case, I'm just telling you, here's a dirty little secret. Coaches couldn't care less what the media or fan base thinks about star rankings. They couldn't. Well, and, and what coaches look at is I, I'm supremely confident. I'm an alpha by nature. I think that I can get that guy better. He fits what I'm looking for. And stars, that's all they worry about. The stars don't always matter. And, and, it's, and it's been proven. No, they and, actually do in championships, but not always. Because the championship teams win four and five. Yes, they yes. have they have a lot of five star guys. Yes, but in regards to this type of recruiting, they don't always matter. I mean, you look at Hassan Reddick, who was probably Matt Rule's He's most notable chip. recruit to go to the NFL, and he wasn't ranked at all coming out of high school. Kind of like Quinn Knives, unranked in the most recent uh, or one of the most recent football recruits at Nebraska. Multi sport athlete, speedy athletic, can absolutely move out of the backfield, but also no stars. Mm -hmm. But they look at him as a development project, a, a way that other people don't look at him. And we talked about already once on the show, betting on themselves. This is a kid that's going to bet on himself because nobody else did. And I think Nebraska does a good job of pinpointing who those kids are. And then you look at, you know, the three-star DB who – I'm, I'm going to avoid saying his last name, but I'll say his first name, Sincere, you know, from IMG Academy, announced his commitment to Nebraska even without seeing yeah. Lincoln. I mean, that's just, to me, the that, that, work that's, that that's this— a, That's a barful deal. But still, the, the work that this recruiting group has done in order to bring guys in that, for one, had no stars, for another, that hadn't even been to Lincoln, I mean, they're doing more— for this program in a short amount of time than fans have seen in a while. Mm -hmm. But but I I don't know. And, you know, Michigan Lance is talking about Big 12 versus Big 10 and things like that. And, you know, with Tyquan Thornton and Kalen Barnes and guys like that that Coach Rule drafted – or, excuse me, recruited um, and then got drafted, I don't – I don't think that he's all of a sudden – going to forget what it takes to win football games because he talks about turnovers and the offensive and defensive line. So I don't think he's sacrificed anything. Now we'll see what happens from his development. But what you're not hearing from him is, well, such and such, and I'm not – listen, man, I don't need a pound of flesh, and, and I don't speak down on 98% on of people, so I'm not about to start bashing Coach Frost. But – um, you know, when he says things like, we hope the Big Ten will have to adjust to us. So when it comes to trust and comparing the two, and I know the fan base feels a little like toast, right, burnt? I trusted you. I trusted you. It was supposed to. Pay attention to the approach. Not necessarily um, kind of the, the, the end product right now because it's still early. And I mean end product by the guys that are saying yes. Pay attention to the approach. This is what we need to be successful. This is what I've done to be successful. This is what I'm going to try to do. It's different than saying, uh, like, that would be like me coming here and saying, hey, what, what I've done everywhere else is going to work here. Just trust me. Eh, you wouldn't want to work with me. Right. Right? Because this is this is different. Everything that we're doing is different. The clocks, the schedule, what market. Like, 
our producers, the production. We have like things that I've never even seen before. So you would want some, you would trust me more if I said, hey, these few things I've done that have been successful, I'll try to bring those with me. But let me at least see. By the way, we got to get him, uh, Shane, Dirk Chatlin. And they're hot. Exactly. A couple things I want to ask him. He doesn't have to do the weekly thing. I talk to Shane like we're not really talking. <laughs> right. No, but it's it's part of who we are. We just we just talk to one another. We're no. family. We're family. Right. Like just because we feel I always say this just because something has has been a certain way doesn't mean it always will be. And I think change we is do, good. And we it can be. But we do ourselves a disservice Drew down when we like box our thoughts and we stop wanting to learn. Because if that's the case, why do we even get out of bed in the morning? No, I'm serious. Like, if you're not trying to really be better and you're just kind of doing it because you've done it, like, how many of us really do that? And if you do, does it say anything about your character? But yet when we assess... You're close-minded. But when we assess somebody else, like, we put those values on them. We don't even put that on ourselves. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't. It's a great point. I don't, I don't understand why we think like that. But, again, that, that's just me. Building on the line. That's, oh, that's a, it's totally on you, Doc. Building on the line has been a point of emphasis, too, when we got done talking about the three-three-five as well with Michigan Lance. Another uh, recruit that Nebraska snagged was Juco Edge Kai Wallen. Yeah. Three-star junior, or junior college prospect, and he had offers from everywhere. Mm-hmm. essentially a lot on the west coast uh, but he even had offers from one big 10 school which was indiana he had an offer from ku he's now a part of a class that includes dylan rogers and maverick noonan which i mean when, when you're building this defensively it, it's shaping up pretty well yeah uh, he goes back and he gets jamari butler uh who i think will be integral he's looking at guys and i've told this story so i'm not going to rehash it when you know, all those guys that were in the room on junior day where he's, like, forecasting who they look like, who they could be like, what he wants them to be like, and how it goes to getting stops. Um, you, you know, it's – it's, and, and we're, so, we're so dismissive of, like, this conference or that conference. And we forgot that over the last three years, Okie State got really good playing good defense. And we've, we think it's all flash and dash. K-State played pretty good defense. Iowa State played pretty good defense. And you're seeing some guys. Like, I don't know if you guys know this, but B. John Robinson is going to the NFL as probably the top back taken. Brees Hall was, was pretty good. Deuce Vaughn is going to the league. When we, say, when we look at these conferences and we say, well, this conference doesn't do this, man, be careful because they have good players too. And when you're looking at, like, the Deuce Vaughns, and the, the Blake Corums and the Bijan Robinsons and the Braylon Allens. Are we so sure we want to be the folks that thumb our nose up at how other people run the football? Those guys got good players too. Patience is something we talked about with Sam McEwen yesterday with this coaching staff. That's what I will reemphasize today on this show. Yeah. Watch what they do. Be okay with change. I know what you said, like change isn't always good. but It, it can it, be, though, right? More, I would say more oftentimes than not, either change is good or you settle on it fine. Or, or right? you're still going to continue to grow. Right. Kevin Ioli is next. 
Coffee and Cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Renaissance punch out, but it's starting to come down in this one a little bit. Colton's taking it up the gears. Nice. Oh! Back with you on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. It's coffee and cream in the morning alongside Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, and on the phone, Kevin Ioli. Kevin Ioli is boxing and MMA columnist for Yahoo Sports. Kevin, thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me again. Hey, thank you. And, you know, I want to start right back on Saturday night. Some controversial <laughs> endings to the co-main and main event uh, in the Octagon. Can you break down those two fights for me a little bit more? I, I read your article, but um, how bad do you think the judges missed on the main card result? Well, I, I think the co-main event was really bad. I mean, I, uh, Patty Pimblett got a 29-28 unanimous decision victory. Um, most people had Jared Gordon winning. Um, I, I think there was a poll of media taken where there was like 40 people and 39 had, um, had uh, Jared Gordon. Um, I had Jared Gordon 30 to 27. I gave all three rounds to Jared Gordon. It was a good fight. It was a fun fight. It wasn't a great fight, but it was a good fight. Um, it was the first fight on the card, by the way, that had uh, gone to a decision. Everything else was a, a, a submission or a knockout. And then all of a sudden it goes uh, like that, where they, they got it wrong. And they favored the, the bigger name and the up-and-coming guy, and that, that was bad. The, the, the main event, you know, I think I disagree with the scoring. As I watched it again, um, you know, the first round, I think, is a swing round there. Yeah. Pretty clear that uh, Blahovich wins rounds two and three. Pretty obvious that um, rounds uh, four and five go to uh, Magomed Ankalaev. Uh, two judges scored the last round of 10-8 for Ankalaev. Uh, the first round is a swing round. I thought that uh, Ankalaev won that, but it could have gone either way. But the co-main event was just terrible. I mean, I, I don't know what they were thinking. Yeah, Kevin, so I, that may answer my question, but when the Prez, the boss, the guru, and Dana White – and I know he was kind of being facetious or even rhetorical when he says, what can I say? It was terrible. When, when, right. when, when the visionary, when the guy says that, is that what makes this thing work as it reverberates down to the fighters? Or does he still look or come across like a guy that is separate from the product? Well, I think in that case, you know, Dana has had a history of yeah. speaking out on judging. Yeah. He's, he's criticized judging very significantly over the years. So I, I think that it was very much on brand for him to do what he did. Um, and so no, nobody was surprised. And I think people look at him as a, a guy, you know, most people would say in that case, he's speaking truth to power. Kevin Ioli on the phone. He is boxing MMA columnist for Yahoo Sports. You can give him a follow at Kevin I on Twitter, and that's I in his last name, the the letter, not the spelling of E-Y-E. But, Kevin, this weekend is the final fight night of the year. We have uh, Cannoneer. I believe that's how you pronounce his last name, and Strickland is the main, and uh, both are looking to end their year on a positive note. Uh, what have you liked about their training going into this, and do you think with both coming off a loss we'll see some firepower here? 
Yeah, I think this should be a really good fight. You know, um, Cannoneer lost to uh, Israel Adesanya in his last fight, and he was strangely passive in that fight. He was trying to uh, get Adesanya to lead, and for some reason Adesanya is a counter-striker, tried to get him to lead, and Adesanya just was patient and waited for him, and Cannoneer did very little. Adesanya won the fight. I, I expect to see a different... Uh, um, Cannoneer in this fight. And Sean Strickland is a guy, he, he hits a lot and he gets hit a lot. So it's one of those things where normally he's the harder puncher, but I don't know that he's going to be the harder puncher against Jared Cannoneer. I, I like uh, Cannoneer to win this fight, but it's, it's a coin toss on uh, who, who takes it. But I think Cannoneer has beaten a little bit better competition, and his only losses except for his first uh, um, UFC loss. Everything else, Robert Whitaker, uh, uh, Israel Adesanya, guys like that, the guys at the very top of the division. Uh, Kevin, before we move to boxing real quick with Crawford and Lopez, uh, among many others, with what's going on with Adesanya coming off the loss? We, we know about Kamar Usman coming off the loss. The UFC seems to not waver when their top guys – suffer losses just because fights happen so quickly and you can make big fights. But does it change the way that you view either fighter going forward as re with regards to the state of the UFC's attraction and star power? Not really. I mean, I think both – when you look at both of those fighters in their situations, Usman had won how many fights in a row? A big, long winning streak. And, and dominating that one. And he's winning that fight by <laughs> a very wide margin until the final seven seconds of the fight, right? And then he gets kicked in the head and gets knocked out. And one of the things that, you know, I learned uh, when I first started watching MMA uh, was that, you know, anybody can uh, get hit at any time because of all the different ways to win or lose. And so Usman, you know, is not that surprising. Now, when you go to the Adesanya fight, though, you know, he had already lost to um, Pajeda twice. And so, you know, the, he fought a totally different fight this time. You know, or not, maybe I shouldn't say a totally different fight. He fought a lot better fight this time where he really stayed in control, fought within his game plan, didn't, didn't really make a mistake, and still got caught. I happen to think that Adesanya will eventually beat Alex Pajeda. Maybe I'm wrong on that, mm. but I I had him winning that fight going into the last round. I had it three to one. Pajeda needed a knockout. His corner, Glover Teixeira, who's going to be fighting for the light heavyweight title, said you need a knockout, and he went out there and did it. I think you know that's one where you credit uh, Alex Pajeda. You don't uh, criticize Adesanya on that one. Meanwhile, in Omaha, there was a a local boxing match. I, I shouldn't say boxing match. There was a local favorite <laughs> taking place um, in the ring, and that's Terrence Bud Crawford as he remained one of boxing's pound-for-pound -pound best uh, with his knockout but TKO performance at CHI. What did you take from that fight in, uh, in regards to Crawford's ability to adjust mid-fight and, and really Again. retain the WBO welterweight, or welterweight title? Yeah, you know, I mean, nothing new. It was like Crawford was brilliant. He's always been brilliant. He's been the best fighter in the world for a while. And I, I don't think that anything was proven in that fight. I mean, just the fact that that fight happened was so disappointing because, you know, we wanted to see the Earl Spence fight. And all everything is there. And I'm not blaming anybody individually, but everybody collectively deserves a ton of blame for the fact that mm. 
David Avenesia was in the ring against Terrence Crawford and not Errol Spence. It, it was laughable, and it shows what the major problem with boxing is. I love boxing. I have loved boxing all my life. But it gets harder and harder to defend when you see this kind of thing happen. How much does he need representation? That's my guy, so I should I should just ask him. But he, I thought his pitch at the end was interesting as you're listening in the crowd where he says, hey, listen, I'm a free agent. Let's Let's make something happen. How much do you think he's hurt by – or needing different representation at the table when it comes to Spence? Yeah, I, I think that's certainly true. I mean, um, you know, that would make a big difference. I, I love Terrence Crawford as a fighter. I think he is a fantastic fighter. And contrary to a lot of my peers, I don't think there's any doubt about A, him being number one, or B, about him being sincere, wanting to fight Errol Spence. I think the problem is, you know, he, he doesn't know how to negotiate. Now, one of the things that he did great was, you know, he got himself overpaid throughout almost all his career up to this point. You know, he made $6 million for fighting Sean Porter, and just about anybody else would have, you know, in his boat would have made maybe a million or two. And so I guess, you know, I look bad saying what I just said, but I think when you get to that big fight where you're trying to, you know, uh, come to the table, and he was saying that uh, they only wanted to pay him a percentage and not give him any guarantee. I mean, that, you know, that fight is not going to do as good on pay-per-view as people think. That's the sad part about this. We have two great fighters, both in the top five pay-per-view, and they're, you know, they're not going to do the big million-plus pay-per-view buy that it really should do because of how good these two fighters are. And that's what I, when I say about uh, representation where I think it's a mistake. That's, I think in a big fight like that, that's what happened. But, you know, Terrence had made so much money in some of these middling fights that he had taken before that now all of a sudden, you know, it's a lot harder to get the, the big fight uh, made because the money's not there to pay him what he really wants. Mm. Quickly, Kevin, we're up against it. About a minute. Con- level of concern for Teofimo Lopez as he himself kind of questions whether he's still got it. Yeah, I, I have to agree with that. I. I thought he looked bad against Sandor Martin. Uh, didn't look great against Pedro Camp. Of course, the fight before that, he lost to Camposis. A lot of concern on his part. He needs to change in the corner, that's for sure. Absolutely. Can you get away from family, Kevin? <laughs> that's always so hard, I'll tell you. That's the toughest part. Kevin Ioli, we appreciate your time. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, guys. Toss him a follow at Kevin I on He's Twitter. fantastic. He's a very good guest. Coming up next... We'll come full circle and chat with our guy, Joel Lorenzi. He's been in Vegas covering the Jays, and we'll get his thoughts on the five-game losing stretch next on Coffee and Cream, powered by Currency. Coffee and Cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you on Coffee and Curve in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, as we wrap this thing up, we'll be talking to Joel Lorenzi, but he's navigating through TSA right now, or so I've been told. And, you know, DB, it kind of had me thinking during the break, what is the worst airport that you've ever traveled to? Uh, LaGuardia or O'Hare. So two of the biggest ones. Uh, listen. Uh, oh, no, no, no. There's a third, and it's a monster, too. Is it Denver? Atlanta. Oh, Ooh, Atlanta is O-M- not fun. OMGZ off the heezy. So bad. <laughs> but those are the three. O'Hare's probably mine. 
Yeah, I, so, I don't travel by plane all too for, much. So for some reason, I went through New York to get to Pittsburgh in 05. Um, or whenever the whenever Nebraska played out there, 04, 05, the field was trash. Um, I wanted to go see Heinz Field, but anyway, went through New York. Don't do that. Um, Atlanta, Neither multi- airport. Uh, Atlanta multiple times. The thing about Atlanta is, is it understaffed or are there just two trillion people in there? Because, <laughs> and and I'm like people phobic. It's not claustrophobic. It's just that's like way too many people mm-hmm. for your boy. Now the problem with O'Hare is not the fact that it's crowded. It's something's always wrong with the flight. Can you? So I have a list pulled up here: top ten worst airports in America. Okay. Do you think you can give me the top five? Uh, I think I gave you three. Okay, LaGuardia is two on yeah. the list. Yep. O'Hare is four on the list. Okay. And Atlanta that, has to be one. No. Uh, let's go Minnesota. Uh, Minneapolis. Mm-mm. Nope. This is. It's not John Wayne. How, what's the other one in Orange County? LAX. Yeah. That's three. Okay. So you have two, three, and four. You're missing five and one. Five um, up in the northeast. and Oh, both of them are up in the northeast. Boston. No, but good guess, though. What are they? Newark is number one. Ooh. And my dad actually travels into Newark all the time. I shouldn't ask him how, how bad that is. If that's number one on this list, in Philadelphia. Uh, you know what? I haven't flown into Philadelphia. Which makes sense, why you wouldn't know. I mean, the only ones I know about are O'Hare, well, DC is one. There's what, a couple the that there's DC. a couple that scare me. Flown into Miami. Um, never, I have to do that this April. Is that bad? Um, and it's a connecting flight too. And I think I only have like I, an hour. it was a connector for me too because I was going to Atlanta. You booking it? And we've flown there obviously for bowl games, but um, that one is interesting. Dallas and Houston are both a little sneaky, disturbing. So be careful there, too. Although Dallas has Papados, so you can't go wrong. Chris P. on uh, YouTube you ever, you ever says Newark is the worst. Is he? Yeah. Papados. Is he? <laughs> no, it is. No, I'm sure Chris is great. Um, Atlanta is easy. O'Hare is okay is what he says. Easy? Mm-hmm. Man, I, I, I need to travel with him. <laughs> well, if you travel a lot, it is easy. But when you go to an airport, let's just say less than – three times in your life yeah. because I, I, like I said, I don't travel by plane all too much. Plus if I am, it's Omaha to St. Louis direct. Ask, uh, you should ask CP, like, is he a, uh, are you a TSA, TSA pre-check guy? No. Yeah. I'm going to pay the, what is it? 83 bucks, 73 bucks. I, I should. Yeah. I'm going to get my pre-check. But again, ten, like I said, ten, ten, ten I don't know if I'd get my money's worth. Bro. Are you serious? Do you, so traveling one time is money's worth? One t- oh yeah, you don't tra- yeah. If you traveled more, definitely right. And if plus, you, if you travel three times a year, it's worth it. So, it, but even if I flew from Omaha to St. Louis, like those TSA lines aren't long. Yeah, like St. Louis is a big, bigger airport, but it's not huge by any means. And plus, they have the separate ter- terminals of one that's Southwest only, which is what flies direct into Omaha. So if I go there, so, the line is never very it's a long. A lot of people. In it Philadelphia. takes it takes like. 15 minutes max to get through. Yeah, Atlanta was not good. Right. Well, and I've been in a line that's taken over an hour. Mm. It's like mm. a Six Flags ride. Man down, man down. <laughs> you know I've never been to Six Flags. No way. No. What about Disney? 
Yep, been to both. Have you? Are you a flash pass guy? Uh, yes, I am too. When yes. it comes to but, those resorts, but I am. I, it's kind of for me. You talk about bang for the buck. Where were you when I needed fiscal savvy? I'm not a roller coaster guy. So no a lot way. Of those ri- yeah, I know. Like why? It just you <laughs> get nervous. <laughs> but why would you want to be? I don't, why they, not? They don't feel good. They're thrilling. <laughs> they're not. So they, if you're they, not, they're shaky. They're they they feel unsafe, and that not, adds to the excitement. No. If no. you're not a roller coaster guy, why would you want to even want to go? So to that's any ki- of those that's places? kind of the thing. Why would you want to go to Six Flags? Why would you want to go to Disneyland? He's why? been to Disney. But there's just, so much more to do at Disney. That is correct. Than there is at Six Flags. That's correct. Why would you want to go to Adventureland in Des Moines? I mean, I mean, I, mean, I went there know? for the kids. We played yeah. in a, we played in a tournament and well and, and plus when you have kids and you take them and they like those amusement parks like you can stand by and watch you don't have to yeah. go on the ride with them completely agree I did go to the water park though Shane are you tall enough to go on rides Ooh I think you only have to be forty eight inches he's close No I'm serious Yeah I know it's forty eight forty eight inches. inches is four foot so you're you're sixty you're sixty one inches right You know what I did last time I was there. Stood on uh, your tippy toes? No. What? I open up some salsa, explodes all over my chest. <laughs> <laughs> Do you wear heels? So we're not going to get Joel Lorenzi because he's at TSA? He's in TSA? Yeah, so trying to get Man, him for tomorrow. TSA is just – I, I got to tell you, it's stressful to go through because yeah. even when you have nothing on your person, like I am still – like shaky as my arms are going up. Hey, so you know, you know with me, I'm irrationally competitive, right? I've – I, I think I'm on 17 or 18 straight without a ding from the screening. I, I know think you're I, spot on. I know how to dress. And the only reason I I got the whole wand thing beeping at me was I did not take my chain off. But I don't, you know, I didn't wear a belt. Mm-hmm. I don't, like, I know to there, take things out of my pocket. Something that always happens to me is I wear, there are shorts that have, like, the liners in them. Yeah. And... On those shorts, there's always zipper pockets, and those zippers always ding me mm. every single wow. time. That's tougher. I've been in the courthouse a couple of times in the last handful of times in the last three or four years. Hopefully all good things. Those are tough. And it makes sense, right? I mean, it's just a courthouse. But <laughs> right. Like those, I'm a little more nervous. I remember going to the courthouse covering – like even city council things, you know, back in Sioux City, same thing. You had to put your equipment through the the whole thing. They they check guys, things guys, out and guys are a lot more intimidating at the courthouse, but significantly nicer than TSA. TSA, it's I try to make small talk, man. It's like, but they're having none of it. They ain't got time. Too many busy shenanigans well, going on. It, they're just not the most personable either. <laughs> I I would not mind that job though. Because I wouldn't have to think a ton, and all you have to do is take ID, run it through your system, make sure things check out. But I think people, I may be over. <laughs> well, I, I, oh, and you know it. It used to be overly exposed to. It people. used to be TSA really was just kind of like a, a bouncer at a nightclub, yeah. and you just walked right on through. And now, nowadays, yes. because of and unfortunate pre- events, that's the world we live in, so they have to be serious. Yeah. They have to be critical like that. I'll, I'll take serious. Hey, you know, I, I know we aren't going to get to Joel, but let's talk a little Creighton one more time here because Big E's play starts up They got Mar- Marquette at Marquette, and you like Marquette this I year. I do. I do like Marquette. I think they're, 
don't know how good they're going to be, but I think that's a I think that's a dangerous team that's on the come. And it's on the road. I know. And and that's even tougher for this team because it just seems like they've been on the road so much this year and it, so early on. That's why you're kind of glad. You know, they'll get back this morning, obviously, and, and they'll be in their bed three days. So you get tonight, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, you won't get Thursday. They played one home leave. game since November 17th. And then they're on the road. But then they'll hit a slew of, of home games, which I think will do them some good. But – I know people wondered about the travel schedule and early on the season play, and I know everybody pointed to Arkansas, and that would be Texas. Those would be the barometers, and it's turned out to be a lot tougher than that as you're on a five-game skid. And in the take it or leave it yesterday, I left it. I did not think that they would beat Arizona State yesterday, primarily because emotionally I didn't think there's enough recovery time. It, what ails them is, is, is six inches. It's not between the ears. It's not the lift getting off the ground or a pocket, the six inches in a pocket pass or anything mm-hmm. like that. It's it's all in here in terms of how they want to play. I just didn't think there was enough time to reset. Based on how Nebraska played against Purdue, do you think Purdue should be the number one team in the nation right now? Uh, I think that's more about Nebraska than it was Purdue. I look at Purdue's offensive efficiency numbers and what they've done in terms of strength of schedule and quality of opponents, and they're the last team standing. Nobody else appears to be want to be number one. <laughs> I well, UConn. So, UConn's been playing uh, some really nice you, basketball. I told you at the beginning of the season, that team scares me because they're deep and they get after it. UConn is for real. And how about the Hurleys? What are they, 20 and 1? 21 and 1? One's 11 and all and one's 10 and 1. So that's 21 and 1. Right. Bobby yeah. and Danny have one loss between the two. Mm-hmm. I know you had that in your, like, Preseason 2023 basketball starters. The Hurleys would be really, really good in coaching basketball. That was actually my lock this year. (laughs) (laughs) Your your buddy that wins all the bets, the anytime bets. Hey, Hurleys get to 20 wins before they get to two losses. I'm going to get that on FanDuel. Yeah, and he probably put it down. It wouldn't have shocked me if he laid that. And lo and behold, they're 21 and 1. He's a winner, winner, chicken dinner. Hey, uh, before we go, I want to get back to the poll question and get to the results because I know you were interested. How do you like your eggs, DB? I'm either what do you think or. Ones? I think scrambled one, it's safe. Scramble, 45.2% of the votes. Over easy, 49.5% of the votes. Yeah. Right there. Took it home. And right there, Shane. Hey, listen, if you need tickets, uh, Red Zone's got you covered. They buy or sell all types of tickets. Morgan Waller, NCAA Volleyball, Creighton Basketball, Mannheim Steamroller, UNO Hockey, NFL 2. ton of different price points. Red Zone Tickets is located right here in Omaha. Reliable local source with A-plus better business rating. Visit RedZoneTickets.com. That's RedZoneTickets.com today. We'll see you tomorrow.